0: Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's gonna suck, hard, well, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's You just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the win. And then you aim high, you play the win. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on.
1: You brought this up. Yeah. is because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad.
0: Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars,
1: spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. You Uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. It's a
0: new code, the code TFC20. TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year, we're gonna be running the mission platform or the EDP platform, depending,
1: and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime the bow that got me to switch back i think i feel like i got you to switch back you did but but i like but it it's was a because big part. of
0: prime shootability, shooting your bow their accuracy uh, we're big fans of prime They're michigan company jared's shooting the nexus four. four i'm shooting the nexus two this year go check them out g5prime.com jim and georgia from bivouac bow co make some beautiful bows everything from three-piece takedowns to one-piece wood bows uh, everything's really beautiful Made in Michigan, go check them out, bivouacboco.com. We, uh, we're we big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot. And Jared you o- tend to get lost J- a lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have
1: Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> That's an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids and you can actually download other apps stand locations plot locations whatever pins that you have you can download them onto the HuntWise platform so you're not you can, you you can just hit the ground and you're runner, not losing just give your a research try. yeah so go check this app out huntwise.com you know i was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with vector and like i had to shoot a different arrow would i shoot vectors Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah, I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was, is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there, your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight. And, they have a, and then you customize uh, the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. And cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out. VectorCustomShop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout,
0: use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. Welcome to another episode of the... Fair Chase uh, podcast. You almost said it, didn't you? I almost did. You almost it. Said <laughs> it. Uh, a quick note for people that watch on YouTube: we're both in unique situations, us and Nick, right now. Uh, we are between. We're we're building, you could say, studios right now for the upcoming podcast uh, that we're we're the, the continuation of the podcast mm-hmm. we're doing now. Um, and so, even though sometime I'll lean back and I might disappear into Nick's face. Uh I'm still here. And Nick is actually where are you right now? Glamping somewhere you said.
2: Yes, we are glamping. We are on location up here in Silver Lake. Uh uh-huh. I wouldn't say well, yeah, it is northern Michigan because it's north of uh north of Big Rapids. But yeah. uh I tell you, this is, is Big a, Rapids with the line. Slice. Ooh, I that's that's de- that's debatable. I would, I would
0: I would consider Big Rapids n- up north, but I don't know
1: how if that's true. I would say north or central of Baldwin. S- I think Baldwin South. I think like I, Big Rapids is south of Baldwin.
2: Now here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. The, I think I think the the that might be the gateway to the west is St. Louis, and St. Louis has nothing right in the to do out out west. It's the gate, the gateway. Yeah. I would say Big Rapids is the gateway.
1: Okay. I would think. I love Big Rapids. Like uh,
0: like a Howard City Howard would be City. the gateway. I still think Baldwin. I think
1: or like a White Big Cloud. Big Rapids is central, like Baldwin. And no, the, it's. You're still going to get the northern Michigan Big Woods feel but in so you're Big talking Rapids more culture as you would in, say, like a Ludington or a Reed City yeah. or a Baldwin. You're still going to get that feel. Okay. All right. That's my This that's is my So take. for
0: people that listen that don't know what we're talking about, this is all Michigan stuff. So deal you're going to have to deal, with, deal with it. it. We're, we're Michigan guys. Our blood reds uh, runs...
2: But you're up Blue at you're
1: up at Silver Lake, which means either like we said, you're glamping or you're off in the dunes. Yeah, have you been doing anything?
2: Today today was Dune Day. Okay. Um we did both the hike and we did the Mac Dune rides. Okay. Both okay. are a must do. Um I yeah, I love this area up here. I've got history up here, but you know, being a Duner and taking up That's a know, name. Quad, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. A Duner? Did you just call yourself a Duner? A duner? All right.
2: Dune sure. and then er, and that is the term given to folks who come up and do the ORV stuff. Sure. I mean, it, it's an absolute hoot, and you see anywhere from, like, high dollar rigs to some jalopy some guy made in his, uh, yes. you yeah. know, in his garage, and they all go up on these big sand dunes. There's a whole section for just ripping stuff up, doing donuts, you know, jumping stuff. Basically, you bring it, you break it, and you bring it home and have a lot of fun. It's
0: the Wild um, West.
2: Yeah. That does seem but the section where you yeah. do the hiking, that's that's where I really enjoy it. We got to take all the boys up. Uh we got real sandy. We got to jump in Silver Lake, get them all wet, and then yeah, climb back up the dunes, sandy again. Yeah. Bring as much of that sand with you of in course. the vehicle as yep. possible. Hose them down. We took a couple on the dune rides. So it was a full day of sun and sand. Would
1: you say you are a constant sugar cookie the whole day? Just covered in yes. sand, and it's just
2: there's just this like the crotch of your elbow. Oh, yeah, like between if there's this paste of sweat and I sand, think, isn't that, that gets your wiener? That's your wiener, <laughs> that's
1: the backside, dude. That's the that's oh, the, yeah, no, that's gotcha. your no, never, mind. never that's, mind.
0: uh, well, that's you know, when we were in high school, that was a thing uh, like a lot of the guys in our high school with uh, the big trucks would do. Remember, they'd go up to silver lake,
1: yes, it was a big thing to go up to silver lake um, with
0: your truck. And somebody in our grade, I, I feel went, like
1: she crashed it.
0: Crash or something and like broke her, her guts. Something in her guts broke, like bad. Yes, like uh, ruptured intestines ruptured, and
1: yeah, she went straight into the handlebars I feel like, of yeah. something. We don't know what, yeah, but it wasn't pretty. So it, I do like, remember that. Stay though. safe out there, Nick.
2: Gotcha. Yep. No, I'm, uh, I'm in the Silverado studio right now. Uh, she, she keeps all her tires either on gravel or, uh, or pavement. Her nice. job is to pull things. Yep. The last thing you want to do is take the vehicle that got you up there. Toad your home or your you know home away from home up there yes. and crash it, break yeah. it because now you're stranded. Yeah. No.
1: Yep. No, that's that's you know what that's what a smart person does. Yeah. I would have just jumped it. <laughs> 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 Man, uh, so Nick, we, we
0: wanted to have you on um, because we want to start and we were talking about this uh, before the show, having you come on and guide us a little bit. Like we like to cook and uh, you know I feel like we're okay at it, but Nick is another level right and so as we kind of go throughout the year we wanted to maybe have you on a couple times um to just walk us through some recipes or some things we should be thinking about for the upcoming season so right now you know it's september when this comes out in michigan um, and so we're all thinking about like white-tailed deer like and and wild turkeys. wild turkeys the 15th right so uh, that I
2: couldn't tell you. I think so. Something like that, um, and then Thanksgiving. Small game too. That's a big time for turkey as well. Yeah,
0: that is true. <laughs> so no, but this. Is, so we're gonna be in the woods, going for you know fall turkey, deer, and, and you know even maybe small game. Like there'll be deer I, shot in September. In yes, youth there season. are youth season youth too, season, and plus veteran, October one. So Liberty. we got a lot of stuff coming up. Needless yeah. to say, Need- and so you've come on our show before and kind of shared some some great tips and just kind of approaches to food, but you know. Coming off of last year, what'd you learn with food prep, and what are you gonna be doing going into you know this whitetail, you know turkey fall season? That's a lot. That
2: is a lot. Yeah. To is Deal, a with lot. Yeah. Deal with it, man. That is it. It's a full, it's a full load. So bu- so buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> um, last year, I learned a lot of. I mean, if we're gonna break down to it, my biggest learning curve was you know I I worked to get this mobile setup. You know, I listen to these guys, this Jared and James, and they talk about how great these uh, saddles are. Uh, and they are pretty great. A bunch of idiots. Up, I tell you what. Mm-hmm. I end up getting one thinking like, you know, I I can sh- I can school these guys, I can tell them what's up. Um so anyway, yeah. I went with the mobile setup. I yeah. actually guys, I really do enjoy it. The comfort level, the ability to go different places, you know, it it's not as painstaking like with my climber that yeah. I feel at home in the climber. But I got to find a telephone pole I know. and being able just to throw the stick on and being able to always be attached. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. another thing that really got me.
1: Safety. Going. That was big. For but, me. yeah.
2: But this year, corn came out or excuse me, last year, corn came out super early at the turkey farm. So that disrupted uh, patterns. The normal watering hole that we have. Well, the the tube that feeds it got clogged up with roots. they would broken into it, oh. clogged it up. So the normal water hole was now dry and the neighbors had put in a bunch of different plots and so there was just this massive change in deer activity and so now having this ability to be mobile I had to learn like I had to re-scout I couldn't go with the old playbook at this point right I had to put that off the side and shoot from the hip so it really had me exploring new areas of our property uh, at the turkey farm it also had me reaching out into public figuring out where are they coming from if they're, they're coming to me somehow so i need to reach beyond what i thought my normal border was and look further on that so that really in a sense opened up myself to like i can't just be this you know weekend warrior hunter and hit my same stops every time if situations are going to change i'm going to also have to adapt so that was that was a learning curve how many that i had to go through mm-hmm. how
0: many trail cams do you run run it like run is that what guys say running yeah. how many trail, how many trail cams, cams, cams do you run
2: i got i got 2 okay. um i might be back down to 1 just because they're both older uh they're both off the shelf i think i got them at cabelas for for cheap and they're they're clips in 5 plus years Yeah, um, they get tired um they do they get tired a lot but at the same time like I, they, they do their job they they take a quick picture and so being able to move those around um was nice they because of how I had to quick on the fly during season um, go, I kind of put the the cams off to the side and just went with what I was seeing. Where is sign? Yep. Where do I Woods see activity? skills. That, that was a big thing is I really had to get away from technology to be my crutch. I really had to use my own sense of, of where I saw things happening. Um, so that was probably my biggest learning curve as far as technique goes. Being, uh, being in the woods.
0: Did, did did you like that? Was that enjoyable?
2: It was. Um, was, it like, was successful? Or was, <laughs> a, or was
1: it like just like a new experience? So you're like excited about it, or is but, it, or Would you g- gladly go back, or like you know, how do you feel about it? If you you know, if you had the choice, one hand you got your private back, the watering hole back, corn's gonna stay there late, or you've got a chance to go try new places. Where are you at? Where are you at? Like,
2: wh- right, it's. It was exciting. It did bring thrill. And not to say that I lost thrill with my old spots, my old ways. But it did bring about, like, I don't know, it was a, it was a new frustration. But at the same time, like, all the wins. Like, when you saw activity and then you saw you put your eyes on deer, yeah, it was yeah. just like, hot damn, we got something working now. Yeah, you, is, you I'm, I'm going to work them. with it. I'm going to work with it. Yeah. And it actually took me right up until the last day of archery season. Okay. I I fi- I did a I did a morning sit, didn't turn out the way that I wanted to, and I I was feeling down about it, and I was like, "This is my last day." And by all means, there's a bunch of people that were out there going for the gun opener, and they can tell you how bad a yeah. weather that was. So I really did not want to be out in all that wind and rain mm-hmm. that day. And I happened to about five thirty get a get a a deer coming off the ridge. And he was heading towards where I had set up near a bedding area. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to happen. I don't I don't care what that is. It could have spots. It could be the biggest buck in the world. I don't know. That thing is going to go down. Yeah. Yet. Because I hadn't had anything that entire that. archery season. Yeah. So he came in and uh, he he started on my left side that was going to be, you know, the picture perfect right-hand shooter out of that. And he happened to then work his way around to my right side. So he made me work for the shot, too. Yeah. Mm. So I'm pushing away in the saddle. I had to roll all the way around. Did you did you but, put your
0: your bow up over the tree, or did you kind of, like, spin around like some guys do?
2: I I had to. I did a little, like, I guess you would call it a plie uh, yeah. move mm-hmm. from ballet. I <laughs> from will being call it a, that. yeah. In ballet, where I had to, like, Shift my feet around, but I have one of the uh artisan stands or excuse me, artisan platforms, sure, attaches to the stick, so it's real small, yeah. So it's but at the same time, I like how stable that is. But I, so I was able to to shift around there. I did go arm over, so I had my tether coming up underneath my your bridge uh, left arm there, yeah. I had to lay out a little bit for it, but I, I tell you, sealing the deal. And having that thing drop 30 yards away, it was like, hey, I had all the feels. I had all the thrills. That's, that's awesome, As of man. being a new hunter. So it was like, this was, that was what it was all about.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned those small sticks or the small platforms. Uh, how the small wing, is that? Wingman? Yeah, the wingman from a Trophy from Trophy Line. He sent it, I'm going to give that a whirl. It's yeah. t- it's t- attached to a stick. Just so goes I feel right like to can- the top of your
1: stick. Yeah. I thought it was an extra stick. No, it attaches to the top of a climbing stick. So oh, that once it. you get to the top of your sticks, that's your platform. I might try that. So as your last stick has the wingman on it. I don't. I'm not. Very, don't, si- very very similar to what you know. Is it the artisan you said?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah is artisan. it is
1: it called the artisan or is it in, in an artesian? <laughs>
2: like, like I thought like it was artesian art, artisan fabricators. I don't know somebody, his name right now, but no, he some, makes it's them. It's a company. Okay, That's it is a company, not right. somebody who so made it. I'm following. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, you like it? Because I'm looking at that. I have the, everyday, or the EDP? EDP, the Everyday Platform. It's just a smaller one, but I'm like, there's even a smaller one. Is it less comfortable or is it not bad?
2: It's not bad. Um, it's just like, I would say it's not any different. You're standing closer to the tree at that point. It's like a rung of a ladder. That's right, probably yeah. the footprint that it gives. And being able to, I, I move my legs a lot yeah, against the tree. I don't, so use do my, I. I don't use knee pads. I've got like a double thick on my, um, it's like a doubled up material on the knees. Yep. So I actually don't have a lot of problem. But being able to push with the knees, but at the same time being able to push off that platform, it gives just the amount of space that I, that I desire up there. I don't need a, a whole lot of room. Yeah, um,
0: that's what I'm debating. Cause I'm like, I don't think I do either. And it would be nice to have even less, like less weight, like the less stuff I I can yeah. have. I'm just less. All about
2: less that. is more. I because I jumped into this thing last year and trying to get it, trying to get this whole system to work. Um, what I found was that if I could just attach something to a stick that I'm already working on, that's one strap. That I that's one less strap I have to take yeah. out there. That's one less piece of equipment I got to shove in a bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just one less thing that lower. I had to worry about.
0: You are slightly lower, although you don't really typically step too much higher than your top step. But you are probably – I don't go that high. I'm not a high
1: hunter. I like elevation. I like, actually I like being able to see a lot and – my, I'm actually thinking. I about I live this my year. life
2: at five foot eight inches. Like, yeah, like being that. a little shorter is not going to harm anything in you my can be life. Deadly. In fact, if we go too high, then I'm a little nervous. I guess that's the thing. Well, and but like, you're
0: attached to the tree. I've been, I've right. been, uh, <laughs> I've been watching uh, Cody DeQuisto, mm-hmm. Lone Wolf guy, and he'll regularly hunt like two step guy, a s- one step one guy. St- like one he's stick. hardly up; he's just in a like he'll go one step, he'll go two steps but he'll stay pretty low for a lot of the time and i'm like man i think a lot of times i'll pass up good spots just because they're not as high as i think they should be so i, I don't know i'm gonna try it out this year and i think i'm gonna try that that wingman mm-hmm. try it out there so, you go
2: hey um, if it's bolted on that's just one last thing you got to worry one
0: last thing just real simple uh tell me a little bit about how you cook that deer and, and Tell us about what we should be doing out there. We got all the, gotcha. you know. I feel like Jared's gonna—he's planning on at least four does this year, maybe five. Sure. And uh, I mean, he get them be many stacking times. them. Uh, so, w- w- what should we be doing? What, which, what are the things we should be thinking about going into the fall?
2: Gotcha. Fall time is an awesome time to not only as you're preparing to bring in new, uh, new meat. Um, there's a whole process there that goes with like, you know, being able to butcher and and get stuff ready. But at the same time, it's also a good time to start using up a ton of what you have left over. Yeah. I know this is coming out in September, so we'll be in full swing in the school year. But as, as my profession comes up here, we're, we're winding up summer and getting ready to get back into the school year and being able to meal prep, not only for the kids, but for myself, um, That's been something I've been also, as I guess, culinarily have been trying to decide to do is like, you know what? I need to have getting venison and getting wild turkey and getting fish and everything into my normal everyday stuff. Um, You know, it's just one more meal that I can add into meat I've acquired and relying less on grocery store. So I made them, well, when was it? It was springtime. Yeah, it was springtime because... I was finishing out the year, and I thought, you know what, it'd be nice to not have to pack a whole bunch of pack a whole bunch of stuff. Just have lunches ready. So I ended up making barbacoa burritos, venison barbacoa Ooh, burritos, baby. but made them freezer style. So okay. I used an eight-inch tortilla, not the big, like twelve-inch or the yeah ten-inch, twelve-inch. I couldn't find them; it was hard to find those. But anyway, I got the smaller ones, mm-hmm. and they actually made a really nice-sized burrito. I would say, if you pull out your wallet, if you got a normal bifold wallet, yeah. that was the size burrito that I was getting from. That's the, a good, like pocket the, the width of
1: it, or just like the size, like Unf- the, whole the size of it. So
2: like, you know, the length of it is open. If you fold it up and it's just that little square, that was about the size of burrito I was getting. Just a pocket and burrito, huh? Yeah, just a, a one for burrito. a snack, two for a lunch. That's that's how I plan that. Yeah. Out. And so I specifically made a bunch of barbacoa and for, for listeners who are going like, what the heck? I only see that on a Mexican restaurant menu. I don't know how to make this literally take the hard cuts from the shoulder from your shanks. You get them into a braise. You put some uh, seasonings in there. Uh, you can use Ortega. You can use whatever Mexican seasoning you got. Mm-hmm. I like to add a little cocoa when I'm uh, adding uh, in anything Mexican but you let that just go. You let that simmer either in your Dutch oven, my InstaPot. I usually put that to work on that one just because it's it's fast and efficient. So now you end up with uh, being able to pull out the bones, pull out the hard bits, and then yeah. shred all that stuff up. It and shreds so template. nice.
1: Like I. I've got a barbacoa recipe that I've gotten that barbacoa I made and man. like like you said I'll throw in some mexican seasonings some chipotle peppers I like doing in oh, there just baby. that low smoky heat and I'll I'll actually smoke a whole shoulder for a few hours just to get some smoky flavor incorporated and then I'll braise it in a beer back on the on the smoker so same yeah. same concept you're going with just adding a little smokier to it
2: Exactly yeah, exactly man. So then it becomes assembly line at this point. Right. And so, what I ended got, up how doing, many are you
1: making at
0: a
2: time? Well, that was what I, I didn't know what I was going to okay, be able right, to get out right, of this. Right. So, I'm going to say a number. I'm going to say what I got out of it. And depending on what you're making, how much you stuff yours, how much you eat before you stuff, it's going to make it come time. all into play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I ended up getting about 35 to 40 of these little, uh, Snack burritos. Wow! These little off, wallet-sized burritos. Off of how much meat? Um, I was probably putting in two tablespoons, or like as in not a a measuring spoon, but as in a like soup spoon. I was getting about two dabs of that. Okay. But I also added in cooked down caramelized onions. Oh yeah. I added Havarti cheese because that's a real melty cheese. I I really yeah. like. It's got a little tang to it, but it really melts out nice. So I added a little bit of that. And then I wanted to make sure that I could get real nice and tucked because then what I did is I rolled that up and then I actually then rolled that whole thing in a piece of parchment paper and then stack them inside of a uh, gallon-sized freezer bag. And I I got about 10 in one of those gallon-sized freezer bags and I could be able, I put three and a half of them in the freezer and just let them get rock solid. Having those things wrapped up in parchment paper, not only was it super easy just to pull right out of the Freezer, but then when I was ready to cook them, it was one minute in the oven, or excuse me, one minute in the microwave. Bing, done. Pulled it out. No, f-
0: how long? A couple. I have a lot of questions. Uh, Mike,
2: <laughs> hold on. I, I want
1: to finish my question first. Like, yeah. Are you talking like a how much meat in the beginning? A full shoulder? Oh yeah. How Two much shanks? shanks. Oh. Gotcha. How much? How much meat do I need to make
2: thirty burritos? Gotcha. I would say if you can throw, if you can give up. A whole shoulder and two shanks. I think you'd have a good enough to make right around thirty of those. I that's a that's that. a good amount. That is a good amount. Um,
1: you're surprised how much you are meat get... is off a shoulder. Oh yeah.
2: Yes. You get a lot of, there's a lot in those um the blade and then even in the humerus, you're gonna get a lot of meat right off that section. Um what I like about the shank is you really it really helps Basically, flavor the rest of what you throw in. Yeah, there's a lot of connective tissue in I love there, that and that flavor. velvety goodness mm. works its way all throughout that whole part of the shoulder. I'm a big um,
0: asabuco guy with mm. venison shanks. It is. It just fall. I mean, it's it's small little pieces, so you could do a couple for your family. But that that connective tissue is just like.
1: How do you cut yours up? You got a tip t-
0: bandsaw. You just saw it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, really? Yeah. You just yeah.
0: you cut off both sides, and it's just a clean cut, and you just plop it right in
1: like a. No, I'm talking, like, asabuco is supposed to be, like, small little discs. Well, no, I, or what, what am I talking about? What's the shank?
2: Yeah, it's you, a, you are. You're yeah, correct. I'm
1: talking about asabuco.
0: What you, am I talking Osobuko about?
2: Asabuco is translated into hole-in-bone. So what, what, uh, what Jared is saying is, like, you cut these into rings. Yeah. So you're not just cutting the two knobs off the end and throwing the whole thing in. That's just, I mean, it's a beautiful shank roast at that point. So That's, that's what I it, did. So, so we're comparing apples, apples to apples right now. Well, apples, Correct. and I think you're, I was more of an orange. You're talking the same thing at this point. Uh,
0: all yeah, I'm saying you know. is connective tissues are good. Uh, the, but the real question I had was oh, around, around your wrapping meh- method. Because uh, historically, I'm terrible at rap I worked at Chipotle in college, right? And I was the burrito roller.
1: When he came home with free
2: food, <laughs> oh, best night they ever. Didn't, they didn't have you pack. They had you rolled. I was the
0: end. roller. And dude you don't understand pressure unless you worked the roller that guy tip him i know you don't tip guys because everybody's looking at you and it's like i know i'm bad so i'm just waiting for him to look away to quick roll it and it literally 70 percent of the time they'd come back and it would would just fall apart they'd open the thing the coast it down and it's just everywhere and some people were really nice about it but most were like make it again and so I was just going through and through. So
2: I saw, now I'm going to talk about one of your competi- competitors. It rhymes with Udoba. Oh, but anyway, yeah. hmm. that guy, he had a pro mood, move that as he's rolling, he ripped mine, he pulled the foil off, and he set it on the next tortilla That's, that yeah. was already steamed sitting there. So he ended up stealing the next guy's tortilla. But had the time to like wink at the guy at the beginning to make another one. Nice double wraps see, mine. I was and not moves that good. he acted like I didn't see it, but I was like, dude, I see what you're doing. Yeah, nice.
0: No, he's better. That's smoother than me. I just sweated and panicked and uh, and hope <laughs> no one saw it. Um, but when you so you're wrapping them, like you wrapping them pretty tight, like because the reason I'm I, this is long-winded ask about freezer burn, actually, mm-hmm. because I'm wondering, What'd like, do- so here's why. <laughs> actually, like, can you? Dude. If you roll it real tight, I would imagine the tighter you roll the burrito, the easier it is to wrap in parchment paper and easier to keep uh, freezer burn out. So, how, like, how would you make sure that, that happened?
2: I'm, if you've ever watched Seinfeld, like, you're not the ladies that are rolling the cigars. Right. wasn't there a whole y- thing yeah, if they were rolling loose? cannolis and, yeah. like, blowing them up? They're not like, Cubans. you don't want to go. <laughs> you don't have to go super tight, but you want it to be a nice parcel that's not going to leak out in your microwave or if you go in the oven you don't want it to leak out. So what I literally did is I got it in I got the measurement to where I knew I was going to have space to basically have those ends overlap. Yeah. And so I put my stuff actually not dead center, but actually a, like a half inch towards myself, off center. Lift up the front that's facing me onto the top. Tuck the two sides and then roll the whole thing away from me. Yep. And by having it roll away from me, I'm getting that the edge that I folded up, that's going to get tucked in nice and neat. So now I only have to worry about the one edge that is coming, that is now showing. I don't have to worry about the sides coming undone mm-hmm. because those are already snugged in first. Yeah. So it's really making that tight parcel. I want to say that's how my first ones all turned out, but I had to learn that as I went along. Yeah, you,
0: you learn it as you go. Um,
2: but, I ate a few before they even made it. Obviously.
0: <laughs> Thump. Uh, but how'd you, So you said you wrapped in parchment paper. You didn't but, do butcher paper or anything like that, and you didn't have any issues?
2: No. Parchment paper works out really well, or even a wax paper, whatever you got on hand. I had happened to just get a big thing of parchment paper, and so it was like that was on hand. Um, you tape so, it? So wax paper, parchment paper. I didn't tape it, but I basically just cut a section just a little bit wider than the burrito itself, And did the exact same roll. So now I fold it up, fold in the sides, roll it up. So I do the burrito roll with the parchment paper. And now it's individually set up that way. So my folks that are listening that are into meal prep, I think they're going to get it because they've done a bunch of stuff when it comes to, you know, putting stuff away in their freezer. Or even if they're making a whole bunch of breakfast burritos, this is that same idea. You just need something to keep it from sticking to each other. And then when you pull it out, like, man, it's so nice to just throw right into your lunch pail. Yep. It's not sticking to anything. And then I used, actually, the parchment paper as my plate then. Yep. Just unrolled it, had it right there, and away we go.
1: That's awesome.
0: <sighs> I'm going to be trying that. Gluten-free and dairy-free, of, of course. Of course,
2: for you. Uh, I do not. make corn tortillas. Oh, Is yeah.
0: I'm not a big corn tortilla guy. Really? Yeah. Mm. No. It's a shame. I'm not a corn guy. I don't know the last time I've had corn. Nah. They had deer. some
1: they had some local corn here that was just picked on Sunday morning and I was way home from church and I saw that the stand was freshly restocked and that there was a line of people getting some really? and I got some of the sweetest crunchiest corn I've had in a long long time Pass. Like I'm usually not a corn on the cob dude but you I, butter, ha- you I, butter I had and salt had I had probably 3 or 4 years it was it. good fun- on you it was oh, man. it's this man. is the season you it gotta is rip season.
2: into it it's you have well you know when you hear about this now people are gonna be like well this is well past yeah i'm now having to do freezer corn but right. oh man there's a couple weeks in july man. where man if my teeth aren't furry i'm not eating enough i need more mm-hmm. just, it's all stuck in your teeth you just oh. keep floss in your pocket yes uh, i could i could dig it
0: all right <laughs> what else what else in the fall what do we else be looking at
2: Gotcha. Um, I would say Cube Steak. That's always an unsung hero um, when you're getting into some of these cuts because heading out to the grill, I'm a perma outside griller. I, I have one in stationed up all the time. I'm not shutting down for season. I really like to be out there and, and do stuff outside, even in the dead of winter. But at the same time, like there comes a time where you want to start changing up stuff a little bit more you want to do stuff inside so taking some of those steaks off the larger roasts we're talking off your sirloin off your uh, bottom roast off your top roast you can cut those into into some nice steaks they do offer a little bit more of a toothiness a little bit more of a chewiness just in the nature that these deer are not stuck they are moving around constantly So, by providing a little bit of persuasion, either with, I use a cast iron pan, but guys have meat mallets, or you can use whatever means you have something that's heavy, something that's blunt, and you want to then put that between some pieces of plastic. You could use your fist, James. Yeah. Yeah. You got the powerhouse right there. Yeah. And just beat it, beat the tar out of that steak. And well, I don't want to say the tar out of it, but you want to take something that's, uh, I would say, three quarters of an inch and bring it down to a quarter. Like, really spread that thing out. Really get that What's your bottom? Do you just put uh, on, like, your your countertop? Something stable. I have a a nice big island that has a stable countertop to it. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, pine boards at that point. But that's a great spot to do it. If you have to use something else that's not in your kitchen, I wouldn't suggest doing this on, like, a fold-up table or something like that, just because you know, you're right not going to get some. Or you, <laughs> If you have an electric stove, like not the glass top at that point, because could you're gonna I run it right over through that?
0: Yeah, just run, you don't have to do anything. You can make it real flat that way. I'm just saying, Ooh. put it between two
1: pieces of plastic.
0: Just run. I think I, I would say add some foil. Oh, at least we, have foil. Yeah, dude. We're trying <laughs> that. I'm definitely going to try it. I would love to watch, I would love to see it. I'll do it. All right. So, so that's
2: our that's your next video. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's a great one. That's a winner. <laughs> run over. We sure. can run it over. So, but then anyway, going into a a flour egg breadcrumb uh, setup on that, we've seen you've seen that with schnitzel, you've seen that with other other makeups. Um, but I, yeah, you just dust it with flour. I like to really heavily season the flour at that point. Um, must like a powdered mustard, paprika, going with a smoked paprika actually really works. I'm, out a, really I'm good. a smoked black paprika pepper man and myself. Salt. Yep. Yep. Those four go into the flour um, to really kind of to spice that up a little bit. Then it gets dunked into a couple beaten eggs and then into whatever breadcrumb you want of your choice. Some guys use panko. Um, I've seen people use a Parmesan cheese. I've seen people use a Ritz cracker. That's usually our go-to because those are in the house anyways. So Mm -hmm. a nice crushed up Ritz cracker. And then those will just get, I mean, hard, fast seared on each side. Um, Some folks will sear and then go into the oven just to get to the temperature that they want. But you just want to have it Basically cooked through at that point, or to the doneness that you want. I like to take it a step further and even have a gravy over the top. I don't want to go necessarily a super we heavy. gravy. you love a gravy? I love a gravy, um, and I'll go with a mushroom gravy on this. So mm. you can, if you've got the, if you got the morels sticking around and you've held on to those, this might be a great time. Um, but I mean, cutting up some baby portobello's that you already got sliced from the grocery store or whatever CSA is around fruit stand. You got that has those, just get some mushrooms and I'll first do those in a pan just to you sweat them out, put yeah. some uh, seasoning on them, salt and pepper, and you're going to start, you're going to get moisture out of those things. You're going to create a fond in the bottom. Fond is the, I'm all I'm fond the sticky of fond. stuff. Yes. You should be fond of fond. And that's where a lot of flavor comes from. Um, if you wanted to add just a little bit of liquor into that, be it a brandy or a bourbon or whatever, just to then release that once you've done that. What about like wine? Deglaze like, like the a, pan with a red wine. Yeah, deglaze. You could use a wine. Um, I don't think it's high enough proof, just in the fact that we're using the alcohol to lift right. it. But the wine would work. Okay. Um, brandy, if I got it, but that's that's usually a an item that I. I don't keep around very often. But anyway, something like that, oh, yeah, wine would work as well. But here's the problem because then you're going to get the taste of the wine in your gravy. Yeah. And so that's where I like to sit with something a little bit more neutral, something with a little bit more maybe a smokiness being it that it's a, a bourbon. It just matches well with the gravy. Sure. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll go further on your wine uh, thing here in just a minute. Okay. But basically just to lift that up. You can go the roux style where you make you add your flour and your butter into what that little concoction is, whip that up, then add your stock. You could just add the stock and then add your flour in, however you end up making your your gravy. Um, but, yeah, you could go with a, a beef stock at that point. If you're making your venny stock, this is a great time to use that and just let that thing simmer up and thicken up. Ladle that over the top of a steak, and I tell you, that's a fall-time classic.
0: Do you, right uh, do you keep bones for broth?
2: I do. You do. Um, those go into a large stockpot. I try to do it all to once. Do you just, just do it all because... and get it
0: done with, and you freeze it in jars or something?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Either freeze it. Um... I should do that. I always go it been... as I
0: go, and it's a pain.
2: Yeah. It, the as the go is just because you're always trying to do it. If you can do it in one big foul swoop, it does help when it comes to especially going to the freezing part and just holding those either in bags or sealed bags, however, however you end up doing that. Yeah. I know some guys will do use that into making canned venison, which is something that they'll probably that would be a good idea to do with stuff that you have that's just sitting in your freezer, yeah. in the way, you know. Basically, you're preserving stuff with cold, but now move it over into a pasteurization, and then you can basically shift over stock that you have, like meat stock, from one unit to a pantry.
0: Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of the cubed meat. I just like broth and you know all that good stuff it good, good stew yeah stew especially when it gets cold like we were talking about before the show that's really uh that's what warms you up like it's what i always uh, could go for you know so that's awesome right
2: here i am sweating you know just sweating through my shirt sitting up here at silver lake it is really sticky yeah. it's um, really humid up here so to talk about all of this stuff that's you know in the oven like yeah i'm just getting hotter and hotter mm-hmm. like Ugh. Like I can't. It doesn't. You know. It doesn't sound appetizing. No, and I'm sitting next man, to Jared, first... and he runs hot.
0: I <laughs> radiate heat, man. Man, he's like a uh, like a wet heater. A wet heater. Yeah, like you're just <laughs> like wet heater. Like, like wet, a steam like room. Wet, like a hot wet, but a sock. gross steam room. Yeah, like a gross <laughs> steam.
2: <laughs> uh. Yeah. But I tell you, there's going to be a cold wind that comes through. It's got to be coming soon. Oh, it just puts a chill in your spine. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's time to switch over. Hopefully,
1: by the time this podcast comes out, that's. Close, a lot closer. It'll be getting cold out. We'll be thinking of hunting. We'll be thinking of some wild game recipes. Yeah. You, you said you had a turkey. You had something with turkey, too?
2: Yeah. Um, I made, this was last winter, I ended up making a French onion turkey soup. Ooh. And I tell you, if you haven't been saving your drumsticks, this will cause you to save your drumsticks. Okay. Explain. And because you're... you In order to get the goodness off these drumsticks, you're braising them anyway. Right. So I actually took the good bits. I took uh, two legs. I had a couple wings, and actually I had the neck. This was off a Mm. uh, domestic turkey. So, you know, you got to pardon me here on this, but at the same time, the science is here. The technique will is sound. Yeah. Because I just got my. I don't know how many wild turkey necks you're gonna get. No. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But taking any of the off bits or even the carcass that you've cleaned up and you want to get the stock out of it, this is the great option to do this same dish as well. So as you're simmering all of these bones, you're going to have lots of bits of meat that are still on there. And this is the time to collect all of that. So you're collecting all those bits. You're still shredding off the meat or off the bones. Now you've got your stock. You can go ahead and... Uh, put that through your strainer, if you want to put it through cheesecloth you know, to get the cloudiness out of it, whatever you want to do with that. Yeah. So you've got your stock, you've got your cooked meat, and now we can start the preparation of French onion, which I thought it was going to be, being French, I thought it was going to be one of these things that's really technical, right. it's very hard to make. And it actually, it's, it's not. Mm-hmm. The idea, though is you have to have good control of your heat. So you can't walk away from this. This is something you got to pay attention to. Stay in the kitchen, stay focused. You slice up your onions and you put them into a large pot. You don't want to caramelize them. You want to sweat Sweat them. Sweat the onions. Sweating the onions is at a lower heat and you don't want the caramelization yet. Because what you want to be able to do is you want to wick away as much of this water as possible. You're sweating out that moisture and those onions are going to get sweet. You want Mm -hmm. the sweet to come through on these onions. Mm -hmm. Now they are going to start to golden up. They're not browning up. There's a, there's a difference and you watch that happen and you'll be like, okay, I I can see the golden action happening here and they're going to be super tender. And at that point, you're going to add your stock in, you're going to add your bits of meat in there. I tried I almost combined a noodle soup just being that it has meat yeah. and with a yeah. the the other with the french onion cuz the french onion traditionally doesn't have it's just the onion, doesn't have any meat in there, but you know, being a Midwest guy, I had to have some sort of flesh in there. Exactly. So here. Exactly. Here goes all those bits. So you you there. just
0: cube them off, or like cut them off the, the legs and stuff, or would you throw whole legs in and let the the meat kind of? Come I off? dropped
2: the whole drumstick. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, that was that was the stage before I even started doing, um, making this. So essentially, now the product that I added into the stock with the onions is pure shredded meat. Oh, all okay. that I'm going to eat. So you goes cook the in.
0: meat separate in. In water or broth? When he's making his stock. Oh, when Correct. you're making your stock. For making yes. the stock. So yes, this that's what I was asking. Okay.
2: Yeah. Started with the stock making. Then the idea came to like, all right, let's do this French onion idea. So then the onions were added in. Now the, now I had something to use the stock in, add in the meat, and then it all comes down to letting that just simmer up and you add your, you add know add a little bit of salt to it. And it's really going to start to become its own thing. You really get that sweetness from the onion. Oh, man. You get the turkey that comes through. But it's all about how you present this. I'm finding with French onion, it's all on how you present really? it. Really? Okay. So you need to make a crouton. You and I'm not talking Caesar salad, you know, half inch by half inch, Gordon Foods, croutons. No, no, no. We want, we want a topper. We want a bowl topper or mug yep. topper. With cheese on it. Yes. If you can find sourdough, bam your golden if you can find a french baguette go Bang. with that that's gonna work out good i didn't i had to go with whole wheat bread because that was, was was sitting right there yeah but i cookie cuttered the top of that thing so it was gonna fit on the it was gonna fit the whole mug that i was gonna put this in i did go with a Havarti cheese i already talked about Havarti cheese you it's got a Havarti tanniness that here. i love shredded that out it melts beautifully put that all on if you've got a broiler in, mm. on your oven oh. you never use it. well, now I'm telling you you're going to use it because you take that mug it's already hot, but you take that mug and you put it underneath that broiler for I mean we're talking 45 seconds to a minute. you pull that out and you just got bubbly goodness all over the top of that. That's better than hot cocoa after sledding. Oh, I tell you what. man I'm going to made me a believer.
0: So I'm going to have to alter it because I can't do bread or cheese. I will not alter. I'm, d- I'm dead inside because I can do bread and cheese. But that is that's. I need it. That sounds really good. Yes. Yep. That's exciting. I, uh, you
2: could go without the crouton, and you could go without the cheese. He can use a rice cake. No, I'm not, I don't. And I'm not a, I'm not some ghee. Rice.
0: Ghee is pretty yeah. good.
2: I don't know. You go with ghee. There <laughs> so you go. Right.
0: But um, that's awesome. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I we're coming up on time here, so I wanted to to just get a few of your. Uh, now my favorites. All I know because we're coming into season, and I just like I get excited about this. Um, but Nick, before we go, I want to make sure people can because this is just like a just a taste, a drop of all the things that you share on your podcast and on your social media. How can people listen and find out some of the things that you're working on?
2: Gotcha. Again, thank you so much, guys. I'm so excited to be able to just come on and be able just to get guys hyped up for. Yeah, for uh, this upcoming season, you know, everybody's gun ho about getting it, but now it's like, when you got it, now, darn, what, now, what do I do with it? Right, and yep. so being able to give you guys some inspiration is uh, that make, that warms my heart. Warms my heart. Good. Yeah, but uh, I'm all over uh, Instagram. Um, you can find me at @huntivore. Um, recently, I just got to a thousand followers. Yes. So there is a community yeah, out there of people that are excited on making something out of their wild games. So it's like, heck yeah. yeah. I'm glad to see all those people that are there. Um so yeah, follow me there. I'm I'm either making stories, I'm trying to do the reels. I I'm uh, not That's quite a good that for cooking cool though. Yet. That's what yeah. people do
0: with co- recipes, right? That's a thing. Yes. Yeah. So
2: stories, I'm always posting stuff on the stories. I'm posting um different episodes I have. I got different um, you know, stuff that I'm trying out. Um uh, coming down the works. It's not even done yet. Still a brain idea, but if you like pasta, I'm have uh, a venture down with some pasta and a venison ragu that I'm gonna be working oh, on. Oh so man, this is a fair nice. chase exclusive. So oh, man, stay yeah. tuned. We, we appreciate stay that. Stay tuned for yeah. that.
0: We're gonna have you back soon, uh, hopefully to help us cook some of the things that we c- uh, kill this year.
2: Gotcha. But yeah, you can find my episodes at Sportsman'sNation.com. I've joined over there with uh, the whole Sportsman's Nation crew bunch of relatable guys and yeah feels good to be a part of
1: them awesome awesome well thanks for coming on man we'll talk to you soon
2: sounds good hey have a good night
1: hey everybody thanks for listening to this episode we really do appreciate it if you want to go on to any kind of social media platform give us a like share subscribe you know it really help us out keeps the train rolling and if you guys really like what you're listening here give us a five either star way if even if you don't like it even if you don't like review. it five stars That'd helps cool. everyone out
0: we'll see you out there